They've spent virtually their whole professional lives working for the Chicago Tribune. But now they've gone, and they're looking to what's next. I am not going to be out there looking for other positions necessarily. I think I'm going to be looking for other projects, maybe. Well, it's a big question, uh, obviously. It's a question my wife likes to ask me. Columnist Eric Zorn started at the Trib in 1980. Cultural critic Steve Johnson started six years later. Now they're both among the more than three dozen editorial staffers to leave, taking buyouts offered under the Tribune's new ownership, Alden Global Capital. I'm Charlie Myerson with Rivet360 and ChicagoPublicSquare.com, and this is Chicago Media Talks, a show in which people in Chicago media talk about Chicago media. We're recording this on Clubhouse before turning it into a podcast. If you're listening live, we'll be taking your comments and questions. Just tap the raise your hand icon at any time. But right now, here's my co-host, my friend, my Rivet360 colleague, journalism strategist, Sheila Solomon. What's it like to leave jobs you've held almost your whole adult lives, Steve? It is uh, very unsettling. It, you know, was a momentous decision and it followed... uh, kind of years of staff diminishment at the Tribune where we had one opportunity after another to take a buyout. And, and I always prided myself on, uh, on holding on and, and toughing it out. But um, this time the offer was perhaps a little too good to refuse and the, and the prospects on the horizon were maybe not as bright as uh, I would have thought previously. But yeah, I'm, I'm unsettled. But as the departure date became more and more clear, I started to feel, I think, a lot lighter in my being and, uh, and, and kind of happier and more at peace with it. When you say on the horizon, what did you perceive on the horizon that, that affected your thinking? Well, I, I, you know, the new Tribune owners, Alden Global Capital, have a track record of continuing to shrink the newspapers that they own. And, uh, you know, it, it just didn't make sense to me to, to hang around to be a part of that. Well, I, I had done some research because I wanted to see, well, will there, is, will there likely be a place for me in the Alden Global Capital Tribune? And what I saw as I looked at the papers that they control is that they don't have a lot uh, in the way of staff columnists who just do opinion the, the way I have done for the last you know, 35 years or so. My, my thought was that there's going to be a target on my back because, as Steve points out, Alden has a track record of, of cutting newspapers, cutting staffs. That's, that's certainly no secret. And uh, I just thought, as Steve did, that this was the buyout to take. Uh, now, both of us have been declining buyouts, I think, since 2007. Is that, Steve, is that about when the buyout started, I think? Yeah, I think that was that was when it really began, kind of when Sam Zell took over uh, ownership of, of, of the paper. Right, and he, every time I thought, well, I, I'm I love this job, and and I'm going to hang on because I don't think they're they're looking to cut people like me. And this time I thought that they probably were looking to cut me, and so I <laughs> thought, well, uh, I'm still young enough to maybe go off on some other directions. And I still have the energy and the fire to keep doing this. I like, and I've, I've said this, and I even said it in my farewell column. 
I didn't really want to leave. I, I loved doing what I do, and I would have gladly stayed on if they had given me a nod and a wink and said, you're fine, we want you to stay. But they did not want me to stay, I don't think, because they certainly made no overtures to me in that regard. So I, I'm more and more convinced that I made the right decision. Uh, and uh, I, I wish all the people who stayed behind all the best because there are some great, great journalists and great editors who are still there trying to put out a newspaper. And uh, I think they're doing uh, an amazing job and will continue to do that. But I don't think that I was going to be part of it. What was the high point of your time at the Tribune? We'll start with you, Steve. Oh, boy. Um, well, probably um, the, the two decade long, you know, I was here 35 years and I did all kinds of jobs, metro reporting, uh, feature reporting. I was a Sunday magazine staff writer, not a, not a, not a thing a lot of people in American journalism can say anymore because We've all aged out of that, uh, the era of Sunday magazines. Um, but uh, um, uh, the two decade-long stints I had, the first one as television critic from about 1995 to 2005. Um, and, then, and then in the last decade, I kind of stumbled my way into becoming the uh, museums and culture reporter at the Tribune. And, and you know, that was dynamite. You, you get to cover and witness and learn about and be backstage at um, one of the great museum cities, uh, cultural cities in the world. I mean, these are world-class institutions, and, and uh, it was fantastic. Eric? Well, I'd, on a personal level, I have sort of two highlights, and one is early in my career, uh, I was working in the suburban offices with people like Steve, in fact, with Steve. <laughs> And, and that was just, we, there was a great esprit among that staff. And it just, it was sort of a magical time in terms of the people that I worked with. And the editor that we had then, Owen Youngman, who moved on to Northwestern, was just this terrific editor. And it was, it was inspiring and wonderful. And even though the stories maybe weren't as vital and earth-shaking at, at the time, it was just a great time. And then in my last few years here at, at the uh, paper, I've been on the editorial board. I'm not actually on the board, but I answered to the editorial board editor. And I go to all the editorial, or went to all the editorial board meetings. Excuse me, speaking in the present tense, I've got to get used to the past. Um, that I would go to these, that I go to these meetings and just kick around the news with these bunch of really smart people who are really engaged with the news. And that was another sort of small department and, and a great, a great spirit. So those are sort of the personal highlights. Now, professional highlights. You know, I, I did a lot of work on the death penalty and justice issues over the years. And then there were some real highlights in those cases when people were exonerated and freed after the work that the, that the Tribune had done and that I had done. Now, I don't, you know, I, I never really know what, how much credit media gets in these kind of situations, but, but those were highlights. So really, another thing that really stands out was covering the uh, trials of Governor Ryan and Governor Blagojevich, that my deadlines were such in those days that I was able to go to those trials and write columns off them like they were sporting events almost. And, uh, and that was really a lot of fun, too. Well, with high points, you know, there must be some low points. So, Steve. Boy, that Rosemont Bureau was a nightmare. Oh, my God. There was this guy uh, from Michigan. And uh, no. Um, uh, well, you know, I mean, it, of course, in any 35-year professional journey, there are going to be... Uh, uh, highs and lows and, and setbacks along the way. And, and uh, you know, without naming names, you, you, I got in the, in the 
in the clutches of a uh, an editor I didn't particularly like or respect at one point. And I, you know, that's what I talked about earlier about I'm just priding myself on being able to tough out bad situations, bad ownership, bad editors, and and you know, I just kind of tried to keep my nose down. And uh, I know this isn't a good story because I'm I'm not being specific enough, but I don't <laughs> want to be specific enough. Um, but but really, it was just you know it was it, it it's it's interesting. I don't know if people doing newspaper journalism now will have that luxury of being able to think, well, this will endure, and I can just tough it out, and things will get better or change in some way. Eric, how about you? Well, I wrote about one of my low points in my uh, in my final column, which was when I was angling to become a Sunday Magazine staff writer, the way Steve got to become. It's, it's like it was at the time, as Steve indicated, it was like an amazing job to have. You would have like a month or two months to work on these stories, and they would get incredible play with incredible photos. And I was writing in tempo and covering the radio industry and writing feature stories, which in those days involved a lot of author interviews, as I remember. We should explain, uh, by the way, for the younger listeners, Tempo of the Tribune that no longer exists, but that for many years was where arts and entertainment and culture reporting lived. Yes, it's really the the, the predecessor to today's A&E section. And and so one of our national correspondents, without my knowledge, uh, volunteered to write a massive Sunday magazine article about the radio industry, which I was writing a column on. And I just picked up the paper one Sunday and I saw this article that had taken, basically he just jumped on top of my beat and he'd written for the Sunday magazine where I really wanted to be working. And this irked me to an unpleasant extent. And I fired off a note to this colleague who wrote this uh, article that was not kind. And I got called in a couple days later to the feature editor's office and she's pointed out that this correspondent was a great friend of the editor-in-chief uh, and then she said that I was being transferred out to the suburban bureaus that I was not going to go to the Sunday magazine I was going to go be a general assignment reporter in Hinsdale that was a very very low moment for me I, I considered quitting I considered looking in other cities other papers uh, but I went out there and I and I did the job and as I as I wrote in my final column that it was exactly really what I needed at that point in my career that I hadn't done a lot of hard news reporting I'd done very little and I went and I covered trials and bus crashes and floods and uh, you know, council meetings in, in small towns and I really learned my way around institutions I learned my way around, around police departments and I learned how to write things quickly in the, in the way that feature writers at that time did not have to do it was sort of typical in tempo where the boss would come to you, the editor would say, can you have this finished by Friday? And you'd say, oh, I don't think so. Maybe maybe next Wednesday. And they go, okay, no no hurry, no hurry. And of course, that's not the way it worked um, in the Metro side. And so I learned how to write much, much more quickly, much, much sharper. And I think it was just exactly the kind of, the kind of uh, experience that I needed to start writing a column. So, so th- that low moment turned into a, into a high point for me. Um, I, another low moment that, that happened to me was not too long ago where I had written a column about the uh, Adam Toledo shooting. And my point of the column was that this had turned into a cause celeb in town that people were saying that this is the police had murdered another child and they were marching in the streets. And, and I just wrote a column so, sort of saying, hey, hang on a minute. Like, let's wait until we find out what really happened here. 
And for this, I found myself at the bottom of a Twitter dog pile and, and was also criticized pretty heavily inside the newsroom for insensitivity. And uh, it, was, it was a feeling of like, God, I can't, I can't say what I want to say anymore. I can't write what I want to write anymore because you can't, you can't look for nuance anymore. No one wanted any nuance. Everyone wanted to just rush and take a side. Uh, Rex Hupke did a column saying there are no two sides to the Adam Toledo story. And I was like, well, there are always two sides to a story. Come on, you know, <laughs> we have to, we have, this is our job as journalists is to ask the tough questions. And, uh, and so that was a pretty bad time where I was just, you know, every time I turn on Twitter, I would see like another thousand negative comments about how I'm a monster and how my children should die so that I wouldn't understand what the Toledo family was going through and so on. So those are a couple of fun low moments. Thanks for sharing those, Eric. A reminder, if you're listening live, one of the joys of Clubhouse is that listeners can join the discussion. Want to ask a question, offer an opinion, say something to Steve Johnson or Eric Zorn, just raise your hand in the app. Coming up, we'll talk about the things we can't talk about. Chicago Media Talks is sponsored by Sun Fun U Mediterranean Voyages. When you need a break from all the news and from the windy city itself, join Sun Fun U for a week yachting through the Mediterranean, learning history of the region, and playing in the sea. To make trouble seem a world away, visit Sun Fun U and sign up for a voyage this summer. We have a questioner from our clubhouse audience. It's Mark Smith of us. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me. I'm a Chicago resident, longtime reader of many of the folks that you have on today. I just wanted to ask what post-Tribune uh, your plans might be, especially now that in Chicago's uh, media environment, we have a number of these young startups like Block Club and uh, City Bureau. Um, is there a future for a collective, maybe some of you would want to, to join up or create something similar down the road. I'll, I'll field that first, if you don't mind, Steve. Yeah, I've heard from a number of people who've been emailing me in the last few days making this exact suggestion that we should get a group of expat Tribune writers and commentators to form a news and commentary site that would address the Chicago audience. And my answer is, that's a, I think it's a fun idea. I would be glad to be part of it, but we need somebody with a lot of tech know-how and a lot of money to start something like that up. It isn't as easy as just opening up a website uh, that you would need an actual business plan. And you would have to have some investment money to get people like Steve, like me, to put our time and money and effort into that. So that, because we, we all are going to be pursuing other interests as well. So it's a great idea. I would I would just add to that. When I posted on Twitter that I was leaving uh, the Tribune, I heard from a lot of people, including uh, Peter Sagal of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And he said, uh, you know, condolences. And I said, oh, well, the good news is I'll have more time to listen to podcasts. And he said, oh, God, you're not starting a podcast, are you? <laughs> uh, Sheila and I are, are both ex-employees of the organization now known as Tribune Publishing. Matter of fact, uh, I was hired by the same person who hired you guys, Owen Youngman, great boss. Um, like Eric and Steve, we agreed to a non-disparagement clause as we left the company. So let's deal with, uh, it's, I don't know if it's an elephant, it's, uh, it's maybe a pachyderm of some sort. What can't you talk about, Steve? Um, I think that the terms that we 
left under, yeah, and this is standard when anybody leaves a company, especially with a buyout, you get a separation agreement, right? That's, that's no secret. And those often contain mutual non-disparagement clauses. Uh, you don't say bad things about me. I don't say bad things about you. You know, I think uh, really I just have to say that uh, it, it's not a thing I can discuss in any more detail. Eric? Yeah, I mean, part of the agreement is that we don't talk about the agreement. And it's this is something that's very common in business around the country. And I, I think it's a little odd that a newspaper that is so free to offer critiques of people that doesn't want itself critiqued uh, and is all about open records and openness and transparency until it comes to the uh, terms of, of separation. But here we are. If you can't disparage the present management, can we go back in history of all the previous corporate leadership on your watch? You know, the old Tribune company and then the Sam Zell post-bankruptcy years and then on into the, the um, well, what's come since then. Um, can you assess which leadership was the best, Steve? We, yeah, I mean, we, I, I, well, I thought, Anne Marie Lipinski was a terrific managing editor and editor through the '90s and into the into the 2000s. Pulitzer Prize winner herself. Going up the ladder, uh, you know, we the company made obviously a big mistake when it leveraged its future to buy the L.A. Times, and that's what kind of started us on the spiral uh, into. Sam Zell ownership, and and then the uh, the, the subsequent regimes that have. Uh, uh, I've run things since then. Um, so that, you know, I don't pretend to understand high finance, but that one did not work out. If you had to compare Tribune management under Sam Zell and Tribune management under Michael Farrow, who followed the Zell era, if you had to pick one, which one would it be? Pick your poison, huh? I don't, I mean, you know, I, Steve is exactly right in diagnosing the, the problem, which is that it really began with the purchase of the LA Times and that outreach, and and of course, then and that was right around the same time that we were just getting clobbered by by losing classified ads and other display ads, and by social media and the way social media sort of took over as people's front pages and so on. So we were, it was sort of a double whammy between those two things. So it's it's very hard it's very hard for me to compare the Zell regime. I mean, the Zell the Zell guy were I mean I don't I, you know I think we can disparage them, but they were kind of crazy. And and there was a very unsettling and very weird time. And when they left, it was people were, were celebrating. I, the, the subsequent regime under Pharaoh was not well, not nearly as crazy as. Uh, while I'm not I'm not sure what their, uh, you know, what their values and so, if you compare their values and compare their impact on the on the product, but uh, boy, those Zell years were were disorienting. Steve, yeah, uh, they were, um, and then. You know, Pharaoh came in. It, it was sort of like two different sets of wacky ideas. You had Zell and his, no offense, Charlie, the radio people he put in uh, <laughs> as as top executives who just sort of thought they could promote and say they were changing and make everything new and fresh just by doing some PR and and changing a few things around the margins and they quickly realized that wasn't the case. But then, you know, Farrow came in from the tech business and he was utterly convinced he could find a tech solution to the problems besetting the newspaper industry. Uh, and that famously gave us the eternal name, uh, Tronk, 
for instead of Chicago Tribune Publishing or Tribune Publishing, we became Tronk, which stood for like Tribune Online News something or other. But it just sounded like the bottom of the barrel from a uh, a naming firm that you engage. Like this was an intern suggestion on a late on a Friday or something. So you can't, you know, it it is it is uh, it is a choice between uh, between different varieties of poison. Rotten apples and rotten oranges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was going to ask both of you about how you decided to take the buyouts, but I think you both addressed that. I don't think I have anything special to add. I mean, you know, one factor hanging in there is, okay, I take the buyout. I know a lot of other people are going to take the buyout, and I will be hitting the job market. This means I'll be hitting the job market at exactly the same time as a whole bunch of other people with more or less exactly the same skill set I have. So um, I think we're I think we're all counting on the uh, the economic recovery to uh, lift a lot of boats here and, and create some new opportunities uh, in the area. And Eric, anything different from what you stated earlier? I'm uh, about five and a half years older than Steve, so my need to find another job is a is a little different. I'm not I am not going to be out there looking for other positions necessarily. I think I'm going to be looking for other projects maybe. But uh, and I but I did understand exactly what Steve's saying, which is that the market for journalists of a certain age are is not necessarily robust, but but it, but it it might be, I suppose. Um, I know that I went back and forth, especially early on, because I was thinking, well, if if I stick around, and so many other people I know are thinking about leaving, that maybe the company's going to make its number, and they're not going to have to lay people off. And then I thought, no, I can't. I can't think that way. I just I have to think about what I want to do for the future. And and this and the offer was good. And I thought, well, if I'm going to ever do anything else with my career other than write columns, this is the chance to do that. So that's kind of where I came down. And I, okay. you know, Steve and I talked about it. Obviously, throughout, Steve and I are good pals, and we talked about this as we as led up to the decision. And and uh, and Mary Schmeek and I talked about it a lot. Mary and I are good friends. And. Uh, so there's this, you know, lots of conversations where you kind of weigh the pros and cons, and in the end, and I still feel this way that, that the pros outweigh the cons. That this is the, this is the time. When it comes to the number of columnists who have now left Tribune, what do you think the impact might be on the community as a whole? Those of us in the community who are following the Tribune for the columnists. Now, what's going to be lost? to that community, not only the voices, but what else might be lost? Well, I, you know, I don't know. The, the voices are there. What columnists tend to do is they tend to start conversations. They tend to move conversations along, or they try to. And, you know, we lost uh, John Cass and Heidi Stevens. Uh, we lost uh, me. We lost um, uh, with Dali, of course. And uh, Steve Chapman is still going to be around. But but uh, I, I think that readers do look to com- – I, I mean, certainly as a reader, I look to columns when I look at other papers. I like to see what the opinions are, what the arguments are in these, in these stories. I think, I hope that the Tribune is going to bring on 
some more columnists, some younger voices. This has always been, been people have noticed that we don't have a lot of young columnists. And this is an opportunity to put some people in those roles. And that uh, I, I, th I would hope that the management, the new management, would see that as something advisable. And they would plug in some of those holes that have been left behind with some, with some new voices. Because I, I do, you know, as a columnist, I believe in the value of columns and for, for a paper. And uh, I think with, without the columns, you become uh, a less interesting, less go-to source for, for readers. Our Rivet CEO, the founder of this organization, John McLeod, is, uh, is with us. John? I was fascinated with the conversation about people you had worked with in the past. And my question is, today and tomorrow, who are the people or the ideas or the concepts that you see that really get you excited that are bringing together trying to bring together and recreate journalism, whether it's people from a tech perspective, from a journalism perspective, who are, who are the people or ideas that you are really excited about following? I will, uh, I will start on that. The first thing I want to say is, I, you know, I think it's really unfortunate that the news of all these departures at the Tribune has tended to, uh, you know, make our colleagues who are remaining seem like they're, it just seems unfair to them because there's still a, an enormous amount of talent there, particularly in the various city beats that a Chicago Tribune is so important to, uh, to covering um, schools, you know, city hall, politics, kind of the meat and traditional meat and potatoes of, uh, of newspapers. And, and they're still great. And the Tribune still has our, I think they still have the largest news newsroom in the city. WBEZ might be right up there with them at this point, but uh but after that, it's a, it's a pretty big drop off to the next biggest. So, so the Chicago Tribune remains a hugely valuable, hugely viable uh, enterprise. And, and uh, you know, and I will keep subscribing, as I know Eric has indicated he will, too. Um, that said, I mean, obviously, there's an there's a, a fantastic startup ecosystem, uh, not even startup in some cases anymore, pretty well established ecosystem of smaller, feistier, neighborhood-based organizations um, coming out of the South Side, coming uh, covering a range of neighborhoods like Block Club Chicago. Um, all of those, I think, are really exciting um, uh, indicators of what might be coming and what might be able to be developed in, in journalism. Do they ever get to the point where a Chicago Tribune was, where it kind of dominates the city? I, I don't see that, that happening in this day and age with so much uh, kind of diversity of interest and competition for attention and all that. But I do see them uh, adding just a tremendous diversity of voices and interests and angles, kind of life experiences that, to be honest, we didn't always, uh, or we didn't often have it at the Tribune. But it will be exciting to see how these organizations compete against each other and uh, and uh, feed off of each other going forward. I, I agree with what Steve said. I, I think some of these smaller digital news operations are very promising. What seems to be lacking in all of them at this point is analysis and commentary. I think it's maybe deliberate, but a, a place like, like Block Club and Tribe and so on, that they, that they don't have columnists, they don't have uh, you know, opinion writers to go along with, with what they're offering on the way of news. And, and, and I do think people look for that. Uh, Mark Kunkel at Patch is someone who does do some columns and commentary. And I, I would think that for any news organization to get 
truly robust, truly influential in this town. They need to have a, a common a mixture of analysis, investigation, and just like shoe leather reporting. You need you need all three. As I look at the landscape, what would excite me would be a a more robust, more full service sort of online publication that would deal with the kinds of cultural and sports issues as well as the as the political and civic issues that are going on. Uh, so it'd be something that would actually be a go-to source first thing in the morning, that kind of thing. I, I, I have a feeling that, Eric, that might be a function of where the funding is at this point. You know, nope. <laughs> Nobody wants to pay for people's opinions uh, at the at the foundations and such that do a, a lot of the, the 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 funding for these startups. Eric is going to have to leave us a little bit early, so I want to give him a chance first. We'll come back to the rest of us, but Eric, before you take off, um, final thoughts. Well, my final thoughts is that I am extremely grateful to the Chicago Tribune for pulling me uh, out of college and giving me a summer internship, and then giving me all the opportunity that I could have possibly asked for throughout my career to make the mistakes and make the uh, impact that I was able to make. And, you know, I've always said that anything that I haven't accomplished as a columnist is my own fault. It's not the fault of, of any of my editors holding me back. You know, they gave me a life here in Chicago. They gave me the opportunity to meet my wife. They paid me enough that I could raise kids and send them to college and do all those kind of things. And, and I, I just, I look back on these, on these 41 years with an enormous amount of gratitude. And they all, and also, you know, they also gave me uh, a whole bunch of, of great friendships. And, and certainly Steve Johnson is one of my great friends from the, from the paper. And so I look back with just an enormous amount of gratitude and you know, I could spend a lot of time being bitter about about uh, you know these corporate overlords and so on, but uh, and and what's happened over the years. But I know that this is a really tough time in our industry, in this industry, and I feel like uh, it's a good time for me to get out and see what else I can do. It's been a wild ride, and I wrote forty seven hundred columns, uh, and some of them were pretty good. And uh, some of them were forgettable, and and uh, I, I will look back on this career with with gratitude and pride. So Steve and Eric were among the uh, first trip staffers to launch blogs. What do you remember about that time, Steve? Yeah, boy, blogs. Everybody remember blogs. They they were going to change the uh, change the industry and change publishing. Um, Eric was even more of an early and fervent uh, adapter than I was. And, and I sort of followed his lead in, in starting up a blog that I called, um, oh, Hypertext. And, you know, it was sort of a catch-all for, for things I was writing for the paper, other stray thoughts. Uh, I remember I posted, uh, or I reposted, uh, the highest traffic I ever got, I reposted a critical piece I had written as TV critic about Steve Irwin, the uh, the Australian kind of animal guy. And I reposted this critical piece after he died, just saying, hey, look at this. And it kind of turned into an international incident, um, <laughs> blowing up the blog. Um, yet I was still not able to monetize that blog traffic. So uh, that's kind of how kind of how that went with with blogs and 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 the I think they sort of faded into the woodwork from the Tribune, like you know, like many other rabbits we chased over the years. Every every four or five years, it seemed we were pivoting to video or we were pivoting back to the suburbs, um, you know. And you couldn't blame management for trying these things, but uh, there was a lot of 
yeah, a lot of yo-yoing, a lot of back and forth, and and it seemed to always kind of return to the core mission of putting out a traditional big city daily and then slowly, gradually adapting it to life on the web, which I think we've done fairly well now, but probably could have done a little sooner. You've both been very gracious and encouraging others to stick with the trip, even though you're now gone. Where do you personally go from here? Well, it's a big question, uh, obviously. It's a question my wife likes to ask me. She's she's changed from... <laughs> She's changed from calling this a departure or uh, occasionally the word retirement has slipped in. That's obviously not true. But now now she's settled. She seems to have settled on interlude. I'll, I'll get to have an interlude while I uh, figure out what, what to do next and maybe enjoy the summer a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, thankfully, the, the buyout affords, affords me some time to do that. Um, I have a couple of book ideas I'm considering that I need to research more and figure out if they're you know worth putting a proposal together to, uh, to try to sell them and then if they will be saleable. Um, but then I'd also you know be looking for freelancing uh, other media work. I would consider some sort of uh, communications uh, position in a in a, in a realm where I could uh, look, at, look myself in the mirror in the morning. Steve, if you could give one bit of advice to those who are staying at the Tribune or in any legacy media organization, what would it be? You know, I think it would be to keep your head down and, and do the work. Just keep focusing on the job that's, that's in front of you. Uh, obviously, a big city to be covered. There'll be more room for, for you to cover it and uh take advantage of that opportunity you know if you god if you have a story idea or a beat you want to you want to take on or a project you want to take on i think there'll be a lot more room uh for uh editors to be receptive to that so you know in some ways this is an opportunity for the people who who are staying um and then you know beyond that the bigger picture don't fall in love you know, this is an industry that will break your hearts. I think the younger generation is more ready to uh, pull up stakes than maybe some of us were uh, coming out of a tradition where you, where you stayed at one place for, for um, many years, if not decades. Steve, what do, what do you mean when you say you think there'll be a lot more room? Well, I, I just think, you know, a lot of people who've traditionally had beats are leaving those beats. And, you know, the way a, a newspaper typically works, uh, Eric alluded to this before with his uh, kerfuffle over the radio beat back back in the day. Um, you know, the person on the beat wants to have first dibs on all the stories. When I was covering museums, uh, I wanted first dibs on all the museum stories. And if someone else you know, wanted a museum story, that's fine. And I realized it's a big world, but I just needed to know about it first and make sure it didn't conflict um, with something I was planning on doing. And so, you know, I think with, you know, some of the beats uh, opened up, not being filled, um, I just think there'll be opportunities for people to dig around and, and find other stories. And, and and this also goes hand in hand with a, with a you know, a perhaps belated uh definitely belated recognition at the tribune that we have we have not done well enough at um covering uh a lot of uh, communities uh particularly on the south and west sides and so i think you know there are vast realms there that need to be uh explored and covered and and, and given a voice in the uh, in the tribune's pages i almost said our pages there 
uh, in the Tribune's pages. So I do, I do, I do think it's you know it's 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 a big open world in a lot of ways. Well, gee, that sounds like um, a perfect segue to asking you what your final thoughts are as we wrap up the show. Boy, as as I listen to Eric say farewell uh, or say his final thoughts, they they almost exactly uh, uh, echo mine. I you know I came to the Tribune straight out of college as an intern, and I uh, I could write well and I could report fairly well, although I wasn't I didn't know all the ins and outs of it. I, I certainly didn't know how to cover institutions and talk to cops and city officials and all that traditional stuff you had to do. So the Tribune in many ways uh, afforded me that education and and that education was painful at some points along the way, you know when you're when you're out in the suburban bureau um covering an, another hearing on a on a landfill you re- you think like oh my god they don't recognize my true genius and I'll never get anywhere in this business and maybe I should have done computer science like my mom said but uh but uh, you know, similar to what I said before, you kind of you kind of keep your head down and, and keep going, and sort of gradually figure out that you, that you're learning things. And and uh, I was lucky enough to figure that out before I got too impatient and got more opportunities. And and have no um, complaints about my life at the Tribune. I, I got to write, you know, a vast majority of what I wanted to write. He met his wife while he was working at the Tribune. I met my wife while we were working at the Tribune together. So that's been great. We've raised two wonderful boys and and been able to uh bring them up comfortably um it's all in all it's it's been a pretty good ride and i hope it continues but in a different car charlie what are your final thoughts i'm still paying for the tribune and the sun times lots of great journalists as steve and eric have both noted are still on the job with both papers and and they do excellent work but i I will say this if the losses at the trib prompt a few more readers to try the Sun-Times, which despite a, a lot of people's perception, I'm, I'm surprised, uh, does excellent work despite having suffered similar waves of cutbacks over the years. You know, that wouldn't be a terrible thing either for the Sun-Times to get a few more readers. Sheila, what about your final thoughts? I'm not planning to stop reading the Chicago Tribune and supporting my former colleagues. I've been doing that ever since I left the paper, and I feel the same way about the Sun-Times. But I love how today's technology makes it so easy for me to enjoy so many more local and national and international outlets and platforms such as podcasts and i remain excited about what's coming next our guest on this edition of chicago media talks recorded live on clubhouse june 28th 2021 have been steve johnson and eric zorn you can reach steve via email at stevej999 at gmail.com, Eric's at ericzorn at gmail.com, Sheila Solomon's at Sheila at rivet360.com, and I'm Charlie Myerson. Join me for a roundup of news 10 weekday mornings at chicagopublicsquare.com, and be here again Mondays at 1 for more Chicago Media Talks. For Sheila Solomon, producers Ron Brown and Mike Hoffman, and everyone at Rivet360, thanks for listening. Chicago Media Talks is sponsored by Sun Fun U Mediterranean Voyages. When you need a break from all the news and from the windy city itself, join Sun Fun U for a week yachting through the Mediterranean, learning history of the region, and playing in the sea. To make trouble seem a world away, visit Sun Fun U and sign up for a voyage this summer. 
Rivet360 makes podcasting easy. Want help with your podcast? Visit rivet360.com.